Hello, my name is Jordan Tardo, and I'm the lead pastor at Experience Church. I'd like to take a moment and just say thank you so much for tuning in to our podcast today. I hope this message blesses you. I hope it encourages you. I hope it strengthens you for what God has called you to today. I want to dive straight in uh, to talking about but first. Again, this has been a, a series we've been walking through, talking from the, the scripture of Matthew chapter 6 and verse 33. Many of you probably know this scripture. It says, but first, seek the kingdom of God. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added. We have things pulling from us from all different ways. We have, if you're in school, you have education and homework and degrees and future and all these things. If you're in a workplace, you have work and family. And we have all these things that are pulling us from all these different directions that can concern us. But the Bible says, but first seek the kingdom of God. And if we seek God first, he gives us a promise, which I love. If we seek him first, he'll add the rest that we're concerned about to our lives. He'll take care of us and take care of the things we have. And so that being said, really that's where we get the text, but first, and really the thought process of but first. And first week we talked about fasting. Last week we talked about prayer. And today I wanna talk to you about the word. I wanna talk to you about the word, his, the Bible, his word. You know, there's really three elements to our spiritual disciplines in this life. And that is praying, that's fasting, and that's his word. There are three areas of our spiritual disciplines that really God wants us and desires for us to, to really walk out. That's fasting and praying, and that's reading his word. And so I wanna to talk to you today about the importance of the word of God in our lives. I believe this, I believe this, I believe this. I believe that if we have one of these three things missing in our lives, our relationship with God is going to be lacking. He gave us his word to help us and encourage us and challenge us to do what he's called us to do, amen? So I want to read a scripture to you in Second Chapter, Second uh, Timothy, excuse, you, excuse me, Chapter Three, and verse sixteen. It says, "All Scripture is inspired by God, and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the servant of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work." I love this because it gives us a picture of why the word is important and what the word is meant to do. And actually, I believe this, the word from this scripture we see, the word is meant to work in me. The word is meant as I read the word, God is wanting to do a work in me. But then not only just a work in me, he's wanting to do a work through me. I wanna show it to you right here in verse 17. We just read it, that the servant of God may be complete, may be complete. The, the servant of God, the, the person that is reading the scripture, that they, be made, they may be made complete. That there's stuff in my life that is not like God, that needs to be like God. There may be some things I need to work through. Okay, that as I study the word, the word would help me become complete in God. And so what does that mean? It's working in me. The word works in me. Then he doesn't just stop there. He says, thoroughly equipped for every good work. That the God's word would equip me to do the work that he's called me to do. So the word's working in me, but the word's also working through me. And the word is not meant to just help me be good. It's, it's meant to help me also do good. It says to do the work, to do every good work. Does that make sense? It's so important. I love this. I love this because he says that the servant of God may be complete. The servant of God may be complete. He doesn't say that this, when the servant of God reads the word, the word will be complete. 
He says that as we read the word, that the servant of God, you and I, believers, we will be made complete. See, this shows us that as we look at the scripture, we look at the scripture as the standard and how we live our lives. It's not I read the scripture and I'm trying to find scriptures that match what I believe I should do and I shouldn't do. I'm not reading the scripture and trying to justify my lifestyle and trying to find a word that helps me be okay with doing things. No, the Bible says that the word is what makes me complete. So the Bible is the standard. People hear me say it all the time here. In this church, we don't add to the Bible. We don't take away from the Bible. The whole Bible is the whole truth. And this is the foundation in which we base our lives on. And so it's important to see this. I love this. He, he says, okay, is the words, the word, I'm, not, I'm not letting myself or my, 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 my thought processes or my ideologies be the one to shape the standards of the word. No, I'm letting the word shape my standards. Does that make sense? So important that we understand this. And again, it's so, it's so great. In, in, in uh, John chapter one, in verse one, it says, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God and he was with God in the beginning. Through him, all things were made. Without him, nothing was made uh, that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. They're talking about Jesus here. This is them talking about Jesus. He is the light of the world, all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Then John chapter 1 and verse 14, it says, The word became flesh and made his dwelt among us. We have seen his glory. The glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. It says that the Word was with God. In the beginning, when the Word was with God, and He was with God, He speaks. And then it says, the Word became flesh. It shows us a picture of this. The Word is literally, this is what happens. When I open the Scripture, when I open the Word, and I begin to read the Word, this is why the Word is so important in our lives. It's not just another book in the Bible, another book in the, in the, in the culture, and people say, oh, it's just irrelevant, and it's just old. And, no, 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 I'm gonna tell you why it's so important, why it's not irrelevant. Why? Because the Bible says the Word was with God. Then the Bible says the Word became flesh. And so now, what does it show us? It shows us when I open open this scripture and I begin to read the Bible, however you read it on your phone, on your, uh, on the application of a Bible, whatever it is, as I read the word, I'm actually opening up and inviting the very presence of Jesus into my life. I'm inviting the presence of Jesus. When you open the word in your home, you're inviting the presence of Jesus. You're opening your home to the presence of Jesus. It's not just I'm reading it. No, it's not just another book. No, it's the word became flesh. The word was with God. This is literally the life of Jesus, the breath of Jesus. And every scripture we read from front to cover, cover to un- back to cover, however you say it, and whatever, with every verse we read, it all points us to Jesus. It all points to just the very presence of Jesus. And so here's what happens. I would encourage you. And when you're in your home, open up your home to the presence of Jesus. Open up your life to the presence of Jesus. This is why it's so important that we open our homes to all different types of things on Netflix. Come on, somebody. People are like, oh, I'm so anxious. I'm, I, I can't sleep at night. I don't have, a, but then the culture's number one show in all the world is a foreign show where people play board games to kill each other. Y'all know what I'm talking about. People are like, oh, I didn't see that. Yes, you did. What are we talking about here? What are we talking about? It's talking about, okay, I don't want to open my, my home to things that are not of God. I want to first open my home to the presence of Jesus, the peace of God, the joy of God, the love of God, the hope of God. I want to open his presence to my home, to my life. 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 16, very quickly, it says, all scripture is inspired by God. 
It is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the servant of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. I'm going to give you a free few reasons why the word is so important. One, it says right here, all scripture is inspired by God and is profitable for doctrine. The word brings and builds our foundation. It builds our foundation. Doctrine is really our foundational principles and what we believe, and this is what it is. It's okay. I want to build a strong foundation in Christ. I will say this. I believe this. It's very unlikely that you will have a strong foundation in Christ if you're not a studier of the word. It's gonna be very difficult to be a true person, a true believer, if you will, with a strong foundation in Christ without opening the word and studying it for yourself. Why? Because this is truth. So when we read the truth, we see the truth, and then we can stand on the truth. If we don't have the truth in our lives, now what we're doing is we're just basing it in our lives around our feelings. We're basing our decisions and what we think we should believe and shouldn't believe and what we should agree with and what we shouldn't agree with, with how we feel, what somebody else feels or what somebody else is going through. And it causes us to have this this, this, this unstable foundation. God wants us to stand on truth. And how do we do that? It starts with having a foundation in his word. It's vital that we would be a people. And again, in this day and age, in this time, we are living in a world where there's so much deception. There are so, much, so many lies. And so we should be a people that say, okay, I wanna make sure that I'm studying the truth. I'm, I'm reading the scripture. I'm learning, well, I don't know what it means. Totally fine. Study it. You can Google it. You can ask a friend. You can talk to somebody. Why? Because if we don't start somewhere, we'll never go anywhere. We'll never build the foundation I believe God wants us to build. It says in uh, Matthew chapter 7 and verse 14, I'm 24, excuse me. It says, anyone who listens to my teachings and follows it is wise, like a person who builds a house on a solid rock. Through the rain comes in torrents, though the rain comes in torrents, and the floodwaters rise, and the wind beats against the house, it won't collapse because it's built on bedrock. But anyone who hears my teaching and doesn't obey is foolish, like a person who builds a house on the sand. When the rains and the floods come and the winds beat against the house, it will collapse with a mighty crash. This is Jesus speaking. He's talking about, he's, he's talking about a foundation building. He says, anyone who hears my word and teachings and, 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 and follows it is like someone who builds their foundation on a rock. When the storms come, they'll, they'll stand. But if a person that hears his word or reads his word and doesn't listen to it, doesn't apply, it's like somebody who built their house on the sand. When the storms come, their, 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 their house collapses. This is a great picture for us in our foundation of our walk with God. The, the storms can really be a, a picture of the weight of what we call life. Every single one of us, we have, there's different weights that we carry that life brings. And here's what happens. If I don't have a foundational, solid, strong foundation in, in the word, now what's gonna happen in his truth so I can, I can know it and believe it and live it, then what happens when the storm comes, when the weights and the pressures of this world happen, I'm gonna collapse because my, my foundation is not strong. Nobody in their right mind if you're shopping for a home, looking for a home, and you, 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 you're like, oh, I really like the way that house looks. That house is so pretty. Let's, let's, let's put an offer in for that house. You put an offer in for the house. You get your inspection. Nobody, when they get the inspection back, wants to hear, oh, the house is beautiful, but there's major foundational issues. In fact, more than likely, if you hear that, you're going to be like, not buying this house. Why? Because if the foundation has issues, the whole house is going to have issues. 
It's not like, oh, that's a quick fix. Let me just go to the Home Depot and buy some tools and some screws and I'll fix. No, it's like you got to get under the house. I don't even know how to do it. But I know this, it ain't easy. And so here's what it is. What, what happens? We know the foundation is so important for the home. It's the same thing with our Christian faith. Our foundation is so important in being able to stand and live the way God is calling us to live. Foundational truth. It's understanding I'm going to be a study of the word. Why do I want to read the word? Why is the word important? Why is it not just some old Bible? Why? Because it builds my foundation. And so now when the weight of, the, uh, of, of, of and stress of life come, I'm not just going to flip over and just say, oh, it is what it is. No, I've, I've, I've read the, the word. I know the truth. Now I can stand on the truth. See, we as believers, if you call yourself a believer, we should be people that know the word before we need the word. We should know the word before we need the word. Why? Because if you're in an emergency, now you're trying to figure out, you're trying to flip through, you're like, ah, oh, no. But if something happens and I know the word, now I can stand on his promises and know, okay, even though I'm anxious because something happened at my job and I don't know what's gonna happen and I don't know how, who's gonna get the job. I don't know if I'm gonna have a job. I'm mean, gonna get so anxious and here's what happens. The scripture, if I know the word, I know not to get anxious. The Bible says, do not worry about anything. And so what do I do? Okay, I'm not gonna be concerned about that. Why? Because I know, God, you're in control. And even if I lose my job, God, you got another job for me. Even if it doesn't go out, even if it doesn't go according to the plan that, you have, that I have, God, I know your plan's gonna be better than my plan. So I'm gonna trust you. Why? Because I have a foundation in his word. It says in Matthew chapter 16 and verse 13, it says, he asked his disciples, this is Jesus talking. He said, who do people say that I am? Well, they replied, some say you're John the Baptist. Some say you're Elijah. Others say you're Jeremiah and others say that you're other prophets. And they, uh, he asked them, wait, but who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered. I love Simon Peter. He had to be the first to answer. He said, oh, I know this answer. Ooh, ding, 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 ding. I know this answer. Oh, Jesus, me, pick me, pick me. That's, that's Peter. He says, you're the Messiah, the son of the living God. Jesus replied, you are blessed, Simon, son of John, because my father in heaven has revealed this to you. You did not learn this from any human being. Now I say to you that you are Peter, which means rock. And upon this rock, I will build my church and all the powers of hell will not conquer it. When he says church here, he says, I'll build my church. He's not talking about a building. He's talking about a body of believers. That I'll build this, the bo a body of believers on this understanding that Jesus is the Messiah. See, when we read the scripture, we're not reading the scripture just for information. We're reading the scripture also for revelation. See, I love this. Everybody had information about Jesus. They, it, it, he says, well, who do people say that I am? He says, oh, well, you're, the, you're, you're, you're Elijah or you're Jeremiah or you're some other prophets. That's what everybody hears. You're, that's what we've been told. This, that's the information. And he stops like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Who do you say that I am? And Peter says, well, you're, you're Jesus. You're the Messiah. See, Peter was not living based on an information. He was basing his life on revelation. And the Bible says, this is what the church will be built on. So when we read the scripture, I'm not just reading the scripture to get more information. I'm reading the scripture to receive revelation. And as I receive revelation, now I'm building a stronger, deeper foundation in my life. That's why if you've ever been reading the scripture and you, know, you hear somebody say something, you're like, oh, that's good. And then you're like, oh, you're reading it and, and somebody says it. And you're like, man, I've never thought of it that way. 
Oh, maybe you're studying it. You see it and you're like, oh, I've never thought that way. And that, what is that? That's God's revelation speaking to you. And so this is why it's so important that we would be people that not just receive information about the Bible, not just read it, but receive revelation. Why? Because it can't just be Pastor Jordan said. It can't be, oh, well, Pastor Jordan said when I get worried and concerned or when something happens at my job or something happens at home or when, or when I have a breakup, Pastor Jordan said dot, 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 dot. That will not sustain you. It doesn't work. It can't be just information. It has to be, okay, it's not just Pastor Jordan said, no, the word says this about me. The Bible, God is the one that says, and so it's not just information, I'm, give, I'm receiving revelation, and this is how my foundation has continued to be built on the rock that God calls us to be built on. It's vital, it's so important that we would be a people that understand the importance of, uh, of a, uh, a foundation. I remember when I was a, uh, younger, I was a youth pastor, maybe 10 years ago now, uh, we took a mission trip to Guatemala. We went to Guatemala. We went to this orphanage, and we were helping them. And it was a huge orphanage, a huge compound, probably 400 or so uh, orphans, uh, all different buildings and all different. I mean, we just everywhere. And we were helping them. And I remember one day, the guy says, uh, the missionary says, hey, I need some people to get on the roof. It's probably like 100 and something degrees. It's hot. And he said, I need somebody to get on the roof, and I need you to patch some holes in the roof. He said, here's what I need you to do. Tells us what to do. He says, here's the only thing. The roof is made out of plexiglass in some areas. He said, there's metal roof, but we leave windows, plexiglass as windows so that you could, people can see through for making for whatever it is. I said, totally fine. He said, so here's what I need you to do. I need you to just step where the screws are. Don't step anywhere else. <laughs> got it. Easy peasy. No problem. Easily can step on screws. I know what I'm doing. Okay. Now here's what I got. I got one of the kids with me, one of the teenagers, high schoolers with me. And we both go up there. It's hot. We're sweating. I'm in front of him and I'm putting tar on the screws on every screw to make sure it doesn't leak. And all of a sudden I hear this like ginormous crash. This huge crash. It was like, I mean, it was like, it was a major crash. I turn around and this high school kid is literally halfway in the roof. He had stepped in the plexiglass and no joke, he was like, if the roof was, if the roof was here, he was like here. And his arms were dangling out. It was like a movie. And he was like, bro, I'm stuck. And no joke, being the good youth pastor that I was, no kidding, true story, I, being the good youth pastor I was, I said, well, you didn't listen, you stay in there. And I left, come on somebody. Leave the kid on the roof, he'll get sunburnt, he'll be all right. I'm just kidding, I didn't do that. People are like, you're a terrible pastor. I know. <laughs> I didn't really do that, okay? Not that terrible. But I had to pick him up, I had to, and then we had to go, and we had to explain why he, he didn't listen to what he, and he had to break, we, had, we had to fix the roof, okay? Now, here's the thing. I know it's a funny story, but it's so oftentimes kind of how we live our lives spiritually, where we, we, oh, people would say, oh, yeah, you got to follow Christ. Oh, yeah, you got to do it this way. Oh, yeah, you got to love others. Oh, yeah, you got to treat your wife. You gotta, yeah, you got to, and we hear all this, and this is information. But then, so then we get through our course of life and we're just not paying attention. Next thing you know, boom, we make a mistake and we're falling. We don't know why we've fallen. Then we're stuck and we don't know why we're stuck. And it all comes back to because we didn't have the foundation of allowing the word to be revelation, not just information. Does that make sense? Does it make sense? I mean, this is the 10 o'clock service. Y'all supposed to be a little bit more awake. Come on, somebody help me out. All right. We're called to have a foundation that is deeper than just what someone says, but that is truly a revelation from Christ ourselves. And I, I love this because, you know, 
it says, who do you say that I am? You know, oftentimes, I think in our culture, what we have done as a society, and I'm talking about the, 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 the church in general, the Christian belief, not just our church, I'm talking about churches, like the, the global church, what we have often done is we've allowed the, the pastor to be the one to deliver the revelation for us. And here's what happens. It just because it's the pastor's revelation does not translate as sometimes being our own revelation. And it becomes information. Here's what happens. Here's what happens. And it, over time, if we're not careful, then over time, we're, we're allowing someone else's voice to sustain us in our foundation. When God has called us to be the ones that he says, who do you say that I am? Not who does the pastor say that I am? Who do you say that I am? What is the revelation you are receiving? Because this is what God wants to do in all of our lives. And I love this. And I think that we can sometimes get to... We can sometimes get to the squirrel. We can sometimes get to the place where when we study the word, we think the studying's for the pastor or the leaders, and then you, you give it to me. But let me tell you something. Studying the word is not just for those that teach the word. Studying the word is meant for all of us because God wants to give revelation to all of us. And I would encourage you, for those that have kids in the room, I would encourage you to model this. Model being a person that is opening the word in your home, that's opening the presence of Jesus in your home. If you're a college student, you have, you have roommates, or you're single and you have roommates, and maybe they don't know God, or maybe they're far from God, or maybe they know God, but they don't, they're not real serious about God, I would encourage you to model being a studier of the word. Be someone that opens the presence of God into your life and into your homes. I'll never forget my, my grandfather. He was a Baptist preacher. Come on, somebody. And you know, he had a real deep voice. I can't get that. I can't. I, I mean, he had a deep voice. He would, he would slam on the thing. He'd say, oh, Jesus. You know, I mean, he, you get freaked out. He would slam on the thing. I, I'm awake. I promise, granddad. I'm awake. Praise God. He had this deep voice and he'd yell in his deep voice and God thought to say, okay. And he would start. He was like, oh my God, Jesus is here. You know what I'm saying? And you know, I sat through so many messages. I couldn't tell you how many messages I, I sat through with my, with my, my grandfather. Do you know to this, this very day, this is, this is going to sound really mean, but it is what it is. I don't remember one message he spoke. I sat through, I can't even count how many messages I sat through my grandfather. I don't remember one thing he said in church. I don't remember one thing. But you know what I do remember? I remember getting up mornings when we would spend time with grandfather at his house with my grandmother and we would we would get up and I'd get up early and I'd go get my my, my, my cereal because granddad gave me whatever cereal I wanted you know what I'm saying and I remember getting up as a kid and going in the kitchen early nobody else was awake and, and I'd, I'd go get my cereal and for some crazy reason there'd be this light on in his office and I'd kind of peek around I still remember to the second see it in my mind I'd peek around the room and I'd see him studying his word with no one else around I don't remember one thing he said but I remember what he did. See, what we model is so much more important than what we say. Don't just tell your students and your children that Jesus is important. Show them with the way that you live your life that Jesus is the most important. If you're a student in the room, don't just tell your friends or if you're single in the room, don't just tell your single friends or your coworkers, oh yeah, God's important. No, show them. Why? Because what we model is how people will live. I encourage you if you have children, oh my gosh, there's no greater thing you can do than model being a, a strong, having a strong foundation in his word. Let your kids see you reading the word. Let your kids see you studying the word. Let your kids see you praying. Let your kids see you seeking God 
in, in, in your own time. Why? Because what we model, I'm telling you, is what they will do. See, oh my gosh, I'm building a foundation in my own life. Oh my gosh, how sad would it be if my foundation in Christ died with me? I'm building a foundation not just for me, but for my children and for those that are coming behind me. I want a strong foundation, not just so I know the truth, but so they know the truth. Not just so I live right, but they live right. Not just so I have joy, but so that they have joy. Not just so that I have peace, that they have peace. We are building something greater as far as a foundation goes that goes way beyond ourselves. But we must be a people that say I'm strong enough in my faith to build the foundation and model that for those that come behind me. Are you modeling it? We oftentimes, we're, we're so caught up in our faith and, and like our secret place and secret places are great. We're so caught, like we'll go and we'll hide in a room and we'll just kind of read our scripture by ourselves and we get ourselves a little word and then we go throughout our day and we're like, yay, Jesus, you know? And here's what it is. No, God wants us to model. Listen, at your workplace, I would challenge you. If you call yourself a believer, open your word at work. Oh, well, they're gonna think I'm weird. You are weird. Who said you weren't? We're all weird. Who in this planet is not weird? Oh, well, well, then they're going to think I'm a Christian. Oh, no. Oh, no. I know I'm being funny, but it's ser- I'm serious. Like, take opportunities. What are we doing? This is the way we need to challenge ourselves. What are we doing to model to the, wor- to the world that our foundation is in Christ? It's not just we're gonna be good Christians and we're gonna be good people. No, I want people to see me passionate for Jesus and the things of God. It's the question I would ask you. Are you modeling that? For those that are married in the room, are you modeling that for your spouse? Oh, my spouse doesn't really go to church and my spouse doesn't really believe in God. Totally fine, all good. But are you modeling the, 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 the importance of God in your life? Because I'm telling you, I'm telling you, something happens, it goes beyond ourselves when we open the word and we begin to study it and model it for people around us. Something begins to happen. It may be a day, it may be a year, it may be 20 years, I don't know, but I do know this, that if we open his word and we begin to model it for those around us, God will begin to speak to people's hearts and we never even have to. Why? Because it's the very presence of Jesus. This is why the Bible is just not some old book that's irrelevant, that just people say, oh, it doesn't, it doesn't keep up with culture. No, this is the very presence of Jesus and it changes our lives if we allow it to. This is why I believe the enemy is so against the Bible and tries to get us to a point where we think the Bible's boring and we think the Bible's not any good and we think the Bible's irrelevant because the Bible's just, oh, I just throw it, it doesn't matter, it's just old school. No, this is the very presence of Jesus and the enemy knows that if we allow this to, it will change us and those around us. 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 16. I have two minutes, praise God. I'm gonna be real fast, hopefully, maybe not. I got, another, I got two, one more service, you know what I'm saying? Two down, one to go, praise God. 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 16 says, all scripture is inspired by God and is profitable for doctrine and for correction. The Bible is not just meant to build our foundation, but it's also meant to bring correction into our lives. Nobody, nobody likes being corrected. I've never met someone that knows that they're going into the office to have that talk with their boss and they're like, this is gonna be awesome. I can't wait. I've been waiting for this for years. No, what, 
Anytime you have a, a, a conversation with your boss and you know it's coming, you're like, oh my gosh, what did I do? Oh my gosh, what did I say? Oh my gosh. And it's like, oh, you know, you're anxious just about the meeting. Why? Because nobody likes to be corrected. The scripture though, God says that it's meant to correct us, not in a way of where he's aggressive towards us and he hates us. No, he's mad at us. No. Or that he, we're not doing good enough. That's not it either. It's that he wants to correct us because he sees more in us. And so we allow, as we read the word, we allow God to correct us and we see the scripture. Okay, so the Bible says, oh, do everything in love. Oh my gosh, okay, I gotta do everything. Oh, you know what? The Bible says do everything in love. You know what? I haven't really been showing love to that coworker. I haven't really shown love to that person at, at, at school. You know what? I, I gotta shift that. What is that doing? It's allowing the word to correct us. Oh, the Bible says to set my mind on things above. And oh my gosh, you know, my thoughts have been everywhere. My, I've been on, on these roller coasters of thought processes of all these. Are, you know what? I need to set my things. Okay, God, help me. What am I doing? I'm allowing the word to correct me. Oh, the Bible says to love your spouse. And the Bible says to, if you're a husband, to love your, your spouse, to love your wife like Christ loves the church. You know what? I haven't been treating my wife. I need a shift. I got to change. What am I doing? I'm allowing the word to correct me. The correction of the, of the word, I'm telling you, if we allow it to, it will help shift us, not because of things that we've done wrong and God doesn't love us anymore. No, it has nothing to do with that. In fact, it has to do with God loves us so much that he literally, he's willing to correct us and show and reveal things to us. Why? Because he wants to take us to a place that we could never go on our own. The scripture corrects us very quickly as we close today. The scripture also brings instruction. It brings instruction. Second Timothy chapter three and verse 16 says, all scripture is inspired by God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, and for instruction. We're, it's not just foundation. Yes, it's foundation. Bring foundation. Yes. And then it also doesn't just bring foundation. It brings correction. But then it doesn't just bring correction. It also brings uh, uh, instruction. And how does it do that? Very quickly, I want to give you three ways the Bible brings instruction. One, he instructs us to direct us. He instructs us to direct us. It says uh, in Psalms 119, 105, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Your word is a light, lamp to my feet and a light to my path. If it's a lamp and a light, that means when there's darkness that I don't know what's happening. For those that maybe you don't know what your next step is, begin to be a studier of the word. God will speak to you. Maybe you're in a place where there's just darkness all around you. You don't know what, you, what you're gonna do and you're just being bombarded with temptation or, or things or, 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 or negative thoughts or whatever it may be. Or study the scripture and watch God begin to reveal his direction for your life. Psalms chapter 119 and verse 86 says, all your commands are trustworthy. Protect me from those who hunt me down without cause. His instructions, he instructs us to direct us. He also instructs us to protect us. God's heart for you and I is that he would protect us. Everybody in this room and watching online, we've all made decisions that have led us to regret, that have led us to shame, that have led us to guilt, that has led us to a place of pain and hurt. And God wants to protect us from those things. And so what, do you, what does he do? He instructs us guides us so that we won't go down that path and make those decisions, not because he's trying to keep us from having fun. People are like, oh, I'm not really a Christian because y'all have so many rules. And like, like, you know, it's like, it's like, it's not really fun. Well, that's not, God's not like, oh, I don't want you to have any fun. No, God's trying to protect us from the pain and the hurt and the guilt and the shame from the negative decisions that we make in our lives. He's a God that loves us. He desires to protect us. Psalms chapter 119 and 77 says, surround me with your tender mercy so that I may live for your instructions are my delight. He instructs us to direct us, to protect us, also to bless us. 
Now, when I say bless us, oftentimes we, as people, we go immediately to money. Oh, so if I read my Bible, God's gonna make me rich? No, it's not what I said. Bless us is not necessarily talking about money. It's talking about when, I'm, when, I, when I need peace and I'm anxious. As I study the word, God blesses me with peace. It's when I'm sorrow and I've walked through a tragedy and I'm, I have sorrow in my heart as I study the scripture and I read the scripture, God blesses me with joy. It's whatever that I need in a situation as I study and I read and as I allow him to instruct my life, he brings the blessing into my life. This is why the word, the Bible, is not just some old book. Oh my goodness, if I could get one thing for you to remember as a believer, is that this book is so much more. I would say, I'll say this, I'll say this. I think this is probably, this book is probably the most, one of, if not the, most valuable thing that we have on, our, on this planet for our walk with God. The Holy Spirit is probably the very most valuable, but the word's right there. The word is such a valuable part, a benefit to our lives. Don't allow the enemy, I don't know who I'm talking to today, but don't allow the enemy to say, oh, I don't understand it, and uh, lie to you and say, oh, it's old, or oh, it doesn't make any sense, or oh, it's not really for me, oh, it's just a bunch of stories. No, this word is alive. It's the very word and breath of God. And so as we study it, we see God can build our foundation of truth. Not only can he build our foundation on truth, but he can begin to correct us and call us to, to, to a greater, higher purpose. And then he can instruct us in where it is that he has for us to go. But it all starts with us being people that say, you know what? I understand the importance. And so I'm gonna discipline myself to read the scripture. Very practically, very quickly, as we close today, I wanna to give you three things. I never wanna leave people on not knowing how to. I don't wanna just say the word's important and you're like, oh, now what? I wanna give you three very quick things that will help you with reading your word, okay? Three Ps, number one, okay? <coughs> Excuse me, a place, the word place, okay? Here's what it is. You should, I would encourage you to have a specific place and a time that you read the scripture every day. Even if it's just for five minutes, a specific place and time. Okay, I would encourage you to do that. Wherever that is for you, I would, have, I would encourage you to be specific and it be the same. Why? Because if you can get into the same, it causes you to kind of remove distractions, okay? Then you need to have a plan, okay? We've talked about it before, a couple weeks ago, how if you read your scripture, the Bible 15 minutes a day for a year, you'll read through the whole Bible, okay? There are reading plans. I would encourage you to have a plan, whether that plan is uh, one of those plans. You can find them on the Bible app. There's a great Bible app. Also, I use the One Year Bible Online website. It has apps. It's, uh, it has um, uh, plans. I use the plan where it's a little bit of Proverbs, a little bit of Psalms, a little bit of New Testament, a little bit of Old Testament every single day, and in a year, I read through the whole Bible. It's very it's very practical, very easy. I would encourage you to have a plan. You're like, uh, I don't really want to read the Bible in a year. I just want to read the life of Jesus. Totally fine. Make a plan where you read through the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. Whatever it is for you, it's up, it's up to you. There's, there's, there, there's, there's no pressure here. But I would encourage you, if you want to be a studier of the Word, you want to learn how to do this, I'd have a specific plan, a specific place, and a specific plan. Then lastly, a posture. A posture to receive His Word. Okay? This means this. Okay, this means all distractions. If I'm gonna study this, I need to remove distractions. Now, for me, this right here is a huge distraction. 
Now, I know a lot of people read their Bibles on their phones. No sweat, no pressure. I can't do that. Why? Because my phone blows up all day, every day. It's just blowing up, like no joke. Like I, now, for some reason, I don't, even, I don't even sign up for it. But like I get notifications. I don't know how to turn it off. I'm not very tech savvy. I don't even know how to turn it off. Like there's this notification I get where every single time someone robs someone house, someone's house, I get the notification. I'm like, well, I don't want to know that. They tell me. I don't know why they tell me. And I get stats on where people are getting robbed. <laughs> and y'all, mo- most of you know me enough to know that's like squirrel. Mm, let me check the stats out. Mm. Next thing you know, I'm like way off. I'm supposed to be reading the scripture. And I'm thinking, oh my gosh, there's a- people getting robbed all around me. <laughs> That's kind of funny, but it's okay. And so what do I do? Me personally, I have to remove the distraction. So when I'm reading the scripture, I don't turn this on. I make sure it's on vibrate or make sure it's off and I put it away from me so I can study the scripture. Whatever it is for you, I would encourage you to have a posture and remove the distractions. And then the posture of this, God, I want you to speak to me today about me. I'll give you a little, just a, a, a little glimpse of my time with God every single time I open my Bible, every single time. When I open my Bible, I say the same thing. I open my Bible and I say, Holy Spirit, speak to me about me. Don't speak to me about other people. Don't speak to me about this meeting I had. Don't speak to me about what you want me to preach on Sunday. God, today, speak to me about me. And I ask this question. I do. I ask this question. What are you saying to me today? Not what are you saying to me tomorrow? Not what are you saying to me last week? God, what are you saying to me today? And now when I read the scripture, I'm aware that God is trying to speak to me. I'm posturing my heart to allow the Holy Spirit to speak to my heart through his word. I would encourage you as we close today, I would encourage you. We have things pulling us from all different directions. And I know that. We have relationships and tensions for, and with work and, and with school and, and workplace. Uh, you know, am I getting promoted? Am I not? And all There's so many things that we have going on around us. And I'm not talking negatively about those things. But I will say this. I desire to be a person that first seeks God. Before I'm caught up in who's dating who and who, who, who's going to be my, my whatever. And before I get caught up in who's getting the promotion. and Before I get caught up in all that stuff. But first, I want to see God. And then as I seek him with prayer, with fasting, with studying his word, he's going to take care of everything else around me. All I have to do, it's so cool that God literally said, I'll take care of it all. All we have to do is seek him first. I encourage you, I encourage you, I encourage you. Let us be a people that are studiers of his word. Amen. Can we pray today?